But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Not all sins are the same. And not all sinners are the same. I think one of the accidental mistakes of good evangelical theology has been to level out real differences between sins and between sinners. To say that I am as bad as Hitler, or that a sin that I commit now is equally as serious as someone else committing that exact same sin, is, uh, is, is part of that accidental mistake. And it comes from, from a good place. The common, uh, sorry, forgive me, I've completely misordered my notes here. Yeah, the, the, ground of this, the ground of this mistake is actually a good one. Because it is, of course, the gospel that before God, in terms of what our sin means for us, we are all on the same playing field. Yeah? That because of our sins, none of us is worthy of heaven. In fact, the great justice of God tells us that because of our sins, all of them, big or small, from Hitler down on, on down, right, to, to our sins, uh, we all would actually deserve, rightly, to be put away from God forever. That's true. That's the gospel. That no one ever earns heaven by being good. Heaven is always freely given by God. That's the gospel truth. But it doesn't mean then that all sin is the same or that all sinners are the same. We see um, actually throughout the New Testament that there are distinctions made. The most famous being St. John in his first letter, chapter 5 says, he makes the famous distinction between sins that lead to death and sins that don't lead to death. So two kinds of sins presented to us there in 1 John. St. Paul in the verse I began with partly excuses the seriousness of his former sins because he says they were done in ignorance. I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And he later in 1 Timothy contrasts that with these false teachers who once knew the gospel of Christ and have wandered away from it and points that out as being much more serious than what he had done in, in ignorance. So just to offer some traditional definition, which I hope to unpack. Um, traditionally, the church has understood that the seriousness of a sin uh, is understood, is caused because of two different things. One, how conscious and willful it's committed. And then the second is how serious um, is the, the act itself. So these things are fleshed out for us all the time in the scriptures. Think of the reading we just heard from Exodus, right? The Israelites had made this golden calf and they worshipped it. And we don't know if every single Israelite was sort of, you know, fully kind of gung-ho about the idolatry or if they were just going with the crowd or maybe they didn't even quite know what was happening as the mob was singing, if they were several rows back from the calf. We don't know how um, willful and intentional that sin was. But the matter was so serious. Idolatry against the living God. From those who had witnessed the invisible God's power in the parting of the sea right, and in the release from Egypt. It was such a serious thing that God says he's going to strike every one of them dead. And that would be fair. And if it wasn't for Moses' pleading, that's what would have happened. All plain violation of the letter of the Ten Commandments um, is such serious matter. 
And additionally to the thing being serious, how knowingly and willfully a sin is committed makes any sin more serious. For uh, a non-Christian, someone who doesn't know Christ, was not raised in a Christian home, to go out and say, get drunk, it's definitely a sin. But it's far less serious than if a Christian who knows better goes out and get drunk, goes out to get drunk, because a Christian should know better, right? It's actually a sin done willfully against a known commandment. To knowingly know, to know what offends God and to choose to do it anyways is much more serious than sinning in ignorance and unbelief, to use Paul's phrase. Not all sins are the same. Um, sins against light, sins against the light of knowledge that God has given us um, are, are very serious. They're the most serious. It makes not all sinners the same. Um, this is one of the mistakes I've heard sometimes on the lips of Christians, is the idea that um, serious sin continues to just be a normal part of the Christian life. And sometimes the gospel that we heard this morning is dragged into that. Like, well, Jesus is friends with sinners. S serious sins are just an ordinary part of everybody's life, whether you're a Christian or a heathen. Um, I actually grew up hearing theology that said as much. It's actually, that's not true. It's not okay or, or, or a normal part of the Christian life to be engaged in, in serious sin. When a heathen admits he's a sinner, um, he's speaking about sins in the present. That's first conversion to Jesus Christ, right? But as Christians, our serious sins should be in the past. Now, we will all continue to sin until our dying breath. It's impossible not to sin in this life. But the sins shouldn't be willfully defiant, high-handed against God. That's not the normal Christian life. That's the aberrant Christian life. All of mankind, Christians and non-Christians, are sinners. We're all in the same boat in that category, but we shouldn't just make peace with serious sin in our lives as Christians. How can we who have been shown infinite mercy and know it, we who've heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, who've received it by faith, who've who've received the Holy Spirit and become temples of the Holy Spirit, just make peace with just assuming that our life is every bit as sinful as a heathen life. To sin against light is very serious. Um, and I'm saying all this not from some high horse. This is actually part of my story. That despite knowing the gospel, despite knowing God's clear commands, I have on multiple occasions, willfully chosen to disobey God's commandment. And that makes my sin much more serious than the sin of a heathen who doesn't know better. Because I knew better. I knew what God wanted. And I decided I would follow my own impulses anyways. I cannot claim, like St. Paul, that my sins were done ignorantly and in unbelief. I was knowing and believing, and I still chose to sin, which makes my sins very serious. Paul didn't know better, I did, and perhaps you're in the same boat. I think we haven't been helped by sort of the lowering of the bar of what the Christian life can look, but look like by so much of contemporary preaching. What's to be done then about the fact that as Christians, perhaps you like me, have serious sin, willful, knowing sin in my life as a Christian? What's to be done? Well, thanks be to God, for however serious our sins are, we have a serious Savior. 
right, who offered a serious sacrifice. We have a prophecy of this in, in that story we heard from Exodus, right? Moses' priestly intercession for the people of God spared them, even though their sin was very serious. And we have a priestly intercessor, the great high priest, Jesus Christ, who offers us mercy even for the face, in the face of serious sin. In fact, just to be really clear, no sin is too serious that it can't be repented of. And if we are repenting, there is nothing that God's mercy cannot cover and cannot forgive. It's one of the lies of the enemy Martin Luther struggled with. I love that in God's providence how all these things fell together, that we sung Martin Luther's hymn, A Mighty Fortress, because one of the lies that the enemy whispered in Martin Luther's ear was, your sins are too bad to be forgiven. And that's a lie which actually faith overcomes, to say, no, I disbelieve Satan and I believe the word of God, that the merits of Christ are sufficient. Yes, my sins are very serious, but Christ can still forgive me. He still has accomplished all the mercy I would need on his death, in his death on the cross. No sin that can be repented of is unforgivable. But to whatever degree our sins have been serious, our repentance should be likewise serious. Not that we earn mercy by repentance. We don't earn heaven. We don't earn mercy. It's the free gift. But serious repentance is just proportional to serious sin. St. Paul admitted that he sinned in ignorance, and yet he still calls himself the chief of sinners. Who here, earnestly, without sort of pretense, could say, yes, I am the chief of sinners? I couldn't. I still don't reckon my sins to be as serious as they really are. Paul sinned in ignorance, and yet he still lived a life where he endured hardship patiently and added hardship on hardship by buffeting his body, striving to work out his salvation with fear and trembling. If us who have, unlike Paul, if we've sinned knowingly, how much more serious should we take the, the labor of repentance? It's sort of part of how I understand my own Christian journey is that sins I've done in the past, which on the heels of them I recognize to be this serious, with passing years and greater um, understanding from the Holy Spirit, I see that actually they were this serious. And I expect on that trajectory for that to increase, not decrease. Part of continual contemplation of Christ's gift for us on the cross um, implies this, that we recognize our sins really for how serious they are more over time. Not just a momentary I'm sorry, not just even the confession in the liturgy on Sunday, um, but to take Psalm 51 on our lips and, and mean it. In the opening words of morning prayer, we, we are exhorted, we ought always and everywhere to acknowledge our sins before Almighty God, but especially when we come together and use a confession in the liturgy. Living a life, therefore, a whole life that's in keeping with repentance. And I think this is sort of the great labor. This is what sort of, for me, what I understand to be uh, kind of the frontier of striving to work out salvation with fear and trembling is bringing the many, many choices of daily life in to, to be in keeping with a life that is sincere about repentance, in how I spend my money, in what I eat, in what, in what I do for fun, and saying, is this in keeping with a repentant life? And the answer is half of the things in my life or more, the answer is still no. I, I am not yet fully serious in my repentance. I want to be more serious in it. And that's what I want to invite you into this morning. Uh, to just to see that as a trajectory that I believe the Lord calls us into. If you have 
knowing and serious sins on your Christian conscience, um, to strive to seek out repentance more seriously, and to ask for God to guide in that path, to increase contrition in the heart and, and a life, the, the outward acts of life, to be more in conformity with a serious repentance. Thanks be to God that there is mercy on hand, that we aren't, we don't sort of grovel in the dust just hoping, well, maybe there's a chance, you know, hope, we'll see if I can be shown mercy or not. Christ has already communicated his mercy to us. So I want to be really clear about that. Right? We don't, we're not serious about repentance, hoping, well, then maybe there's a salvation on, on offer. There is a salvation on offer. Right? Christ has already brought that to us. He continues to bring it to us in his word and in his sacrament. But just as a matter of honesty, our repentance should be serious, to be honest to the knowing willfulness of our sins as Christians. There is mercy to be had at the hand of Jesus Christ, flowing from his side, if only we'd seriously ask for it. I think the first part is that we don't really seriously ask for forgiveness and mercy. It begins with asking. Amen.